So welcome back, everybody. Thank you for being here still. We come to our last last event for today, which is the roundtable discussion on Bruce Lee and uh, martial aesthetics before and after him. Okay, I would like to introduce Katja Pessel from the uh, Center for Modern East Asian Studies here at Göttingen University, Professor Paul Bowman from Cardiff University, Valentin Mori and Charlotte Böttcher from the Institute of Sports Science representing the students at this roundtable discussion. I want to welcome also Dr. Martin Meyer from Fechter University and Martin Minerick, myself. And what we would like to talk about now is basically three different topics, I would say. Correct me if I'm wrong. But the first first category of, of questions would be Bruce Lee and aesthetics, then Bruce Lee and ideology, and finally martial arts movies after Bruce Lee. So what the future of martial arts movies might look like. And I would like to start with... Uh, with the topic Bruce Lee and aesthetics and especially what what the aesthetics of kicks are or might be. <laughs> you look at me. Yeah. Uh, or or uh, whoever would like to answer. I th I think that kicks are beautiful to look at. And there's the the concept that, that Max if Max had been able to make it and didn't have comfort wanted to talk about which is so more aesthetic. And it's, I think there's something unique about feeling of doing a nice hike. Like you're a Taekwondo, a Taekwondo practitioner, mm. and you know how beautiful it is to do a, some kind of an arcing kick that comes out and hits the target, even if that target's just one of those slap Taekwondo yeah. things, or especially if it's someone's head and <laughs> hitting the spot. There's something quite beautiful about the feel of that, and you know, you know it's going to work, but it's so fast. I think that there's a delight in that. That has to be called so much that it, mm -hmm. it, it's there's a kind of jouissance. There's lots of different ways you could describe this, and obviously to watch it, it it's fully spectacular in a way that something like grappling, ground fighting, wrestling isn't. Like it takes a lot of literacy to understand, mm. say Brazilian jiu jitsu or wrestling, because you're just looking at people going, "What? What are they?" actually is happening there but it's very easy to see a big beautiful fully extended hit right i think there's something about that which makes it's kind of the, and also because like savat is quite a, a stylish and elegant thing but it hasn't got the mythos or the kind of uh, a kind of what's the word i'm looking for free song the kind of mystique mm. of something that's meant to be ancient asian Blah 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 blah. That, so the whole Orientalism comes yeah, in there yeah. as well, I think. So so we have two two perspectives there, I think. So one perspective is the perspective from the the person who watches, right? Who who watches the kicks, and then the perspective of the person who executes the kicks, right? What what they feel, what they experience about that. Yeah, and the person who gets kicks. Yeah, and the person who gets kicks. <laughs> yeah. But I for my for, for my perspective, I can say that Kicking has some joyful feeling, this joyfulness, you know, this, especially when you do this, this high jumping kicks and consecutive kicking and, and what you mentioned, this, this kicking mitts, when you strike them really nicely, they make such a beautiful sound and this, this elevates you even more and you're like, 
bam, 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 and then one more bam, bam, bam. It's just it it it, it puts the pressure out, uh, the pressure, not the pressure, but the the energy up. Yeah, yeah. It's a delightful moment. So maybe maybe you two, you you were in the in the university course mm-hmm. fighting, right? So we we did we did kicking, we did punishing. How how did you experience that? Did you uh, tell us about the university course first? What is what is the course? Yeah, means? basically the, the the course is it's it's part of the practical courses for sports students at our at our institute, and we have different let's say sporting areas like ones like for example ball games or individual uh, sports or um, team sports and one area. Among those is fighting or combat. It's it's difficult to translate because it's martial arts. Maybe. Martial arts, yeah. It's it's basically aimed for for PE teachers. So it's it's meant to be in their curriculum and to be also taught in in schools. Then and uh, I decided to to structure this this course not by practicing one specific martial art, but to to structure the course according to different distances. And for each distance, we recovered uh, different uh, types of techniques. So for the long distance, we had kicking, obviously. For the uh, medium range distance, we had boxing or punishing, and so on and so on. So my question would be like, if if you if if you can recall a difference in in feeling or a difference in how it felt to kick or to punch, was it something something different? Yeah, I would like to start on that personally. For me, it was really different doing something with my feet for once at all, because normally you would do also in judo and throwing people and submitting people in BJJ or anything, you mostly do with your hands or arms or upper body. Of course, there are some chokes with the legs, but for me, it was really nice as a change to be able to do something with my feet, like apart from just walking on them mm-hmm. and running. And then also, what I really like about kicking is the power you can develop. You know, I mean, obviously, really well thrown punch is really powerful and effective. But I personally always feel like a good kick tops that on the power level and also maybe the control you can develop just because you have more force. And mm. one thing I also noticed doing it was when you look yourself or when you see yourself in the mirror, you look more like the image you get from combat sports mm. because i don't know even a karate club would have a logo where somebody would kick and punch maybe at the same time in the movies you see Bruce Lee flying around the place all the time and not kicking somebody so i think those three factors were like in my mind doing kicking which i did not get during punches or from kick no. mm. do you have any other perspective maybe or was it for you because he didn't didn't have that much combat sports, martial arts experience that I did? Well, I, for um, I mean, yeah, I think the most of the difference is that you did judo and rather never had this thrown mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, but for me, it was very nice to to get more precise with the kicks and also the stability in the stand when I finished the kick. It uh, increased very, very fast. Mm. It was a really nice feeling and gave me like a feeling of more safety when I, when I stood against my partner or something. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, also what you mentioned, the, the beauty of the, the kids, mm -hmm. um, I think, especially for schools, it can be very motivating for the students to, to see what, yeah, what, then, what they can create. This is like a really good outcome. Mm. You mean like for the school children, when you, when you teach the martial arts or kicking in the, in the school curriculum, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Because, uh, often in, in schools, you don't have to, And motivate the students and when you have something yeah <laughs> and when you have something that looks so beautiful in the end and you can create like a project or something for example we had like a cutter in the end we should create ourselves by ourselves hmm. and yeah you can make it very beautiful well, well try to <laughs> so the difficulty of kicks is what it separates from punching you said in the presentation call that first context was the work with martial arts that people didn't see boxing as martial arts but when kicking came into it okay this is martial art this is easy recognizable so kicking is like mastery of martial arts or at that times about grappling it seemed to be martial arts because you know you have strength dexterity precision so it's much more complicated doing kicks properly than doing strikes properly so this might be some kind of which are on both aesthetics that when you watch it, you know how difficult this is. Even when the scene entered the dragon, when the bad guy enters the room of Bruce Lee and he stands there only holding his feet up, mm -hmm. everyone says, whoa, okay, this is really, really hard to do. And he, he's not kicking, he's only standing there. So this is where we can see it's really, really difficult to do it properly. And I was thinking when you're saying I like to see, I like comedy fights as well in films. So like if you remember the fight in Bridget Jones' Diary, <laughs> and you watch how terrible these untrained people are at fighting. And it's like when you watch someone learning how to kick, to do a, a decent kick, like, they lose their guard. That's all. Like, okay, we're fighting. I'm going to do a kick. <laughs> And then we're fighting again. And it's like the the fact that it all has to come together. So when you see a good kick and someone maintains their guard and their kicks up and they haven't just like put their head out for mm -hmm. display, it, there's something profound. Oh, and when you can do that yourself as well, and you know you've done that because yeah. you've you've learned to re to reposture so that you're you're strong in a in an artificial position. There's something really, and then you see that on an image like in a mirror. You know, because we all, mm. we've all done it, you know. <laughs> I mean, how, me, how many me. of us still, right? When, I mean, I'm 52 years old and there's a, there's a window or something to your reflection. I'm always just like chatting. No shadow box. Anyway, like I knows a little bit about this in the mirror stage. And everything, but. But, but what all of you mentioned is like the aesthetics of kicks. Which leads me to, you know, a question that's related to my field, like movies. And this is also something we discussed today. Like the aesthetic of kicks is so strong and everyone knows exactly, ah, this is martial arts kicks. So in the end is, is, you know, is it only for the aesthetics or is it a real means of, you know, martial arts? And I think you also spoke about Bruce Lee's kicks today. Mm -hmm. So, and is, is it necessary to differentiate between a real kick and the kind of aesthetic kick? Mm -hmm. Or or do you say like, well, it's not necessary to do that at all? I think it's one of those things where you can, it's like this, 
there's things that so my one of my instructors used to say possible but not probable so it'd be like well i'm going to use this technique and it's say, mm, you know it's high risk yeah. mm-hmm. a head kick in a in a serious fight is high risk but it can work and you see these dramatic techniques done in yeah. the UFC where someone's going to do a spinning <clears throat> elbow, it's never been done before, and then it's done, and someone's going to do, they're going to do a matrix kick off the side of the cage, and they're going, don't, don't try and do that, yeah. you know. And then they do it, and it's like, wow. And then it in, increases the the, yeah. the theatricality of it. That's a good that, that's a good term or good word in this case, I think, theatricality. Yeah. So those kicks are theatrical in a way, but. That doesn't mean that they cannot hit properly, right? But it just, it's possible, but not probable. Or how, That's how what my instructor used to say. If I wanted a kick high, if I, want, if I was doing something, it's in. Because it's high, a high kick and you, you're unbalanced and it could be grabbed yeah. and it could miss and you could, you've got to correct yeah. yourself afterwards. So it's impossible, but yeah. not probable. Like it's more yeah. probable if you do a shin kick or a knee kick. There is a, a theater anthropologist, his name is Eugenio Barber. I don't know if you ever came across him. And he he tried something like defining the core principles of theatrical traditions worldwide. And he tried to like analyze different traditions of dancing and acting and whatever. And he, he tried to, to, to boil it down to specific principles. And for him, the 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 connecting idea or the connected thing is the one of extra daily performance or extra extra daily behavior that that it's something that that is derived from 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 daily behavior but it's something on top right mm-hmm. and when you think of of kicks for example you could say that when, when you kick the the kick itself is extra daily because in in everyday life you normally you wouldn't use your your feet in that way so you can call every kick you can call extra daily in a way probably i would say but then again you have like a second second layer of theatricality probably where where you don't derive it from this let's say everyday activities but from the martial activities the combat activities and then when when you when when you call the the low kick for example a daily martial activity, then the high kick is an extra daily martial activity. So this is another another layer or another perspective of, of theatricality you have in kicks, I think. And obviously Bruce Lee did a lot of yeah. you know, high kicks, which which was yeah. quite different from the films that we we saw yeah. like before, like Four Brothers films, where it was more staged, like the opera fight, and then suddenly there was a Bruce Lee, but this new form of kick. So how did this come about? Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, in terms of Bruce Lee's personal biography, you know, he was literally born into a theatrical performance family, and he he was he was a child actor, and he studied it all of his life, and and he you know he lived he lived and breathed fight choreography, camera angles, and and also, but he was also a very he was a completely serious martial artist, so he was all about how do you put power into this technique. So he would study Muhammad Ali and he would study boxers and fencing. And, and then he, combining that, like, how do you put, and then how do you sell a technique mm. to an audience? Where should the camera be? There's, there's camera angles and techniques that, that Bruce Lee used that had become stock kind of stock setups mm. in, in the choreography and performance of it. But he was just, a, he was a superlative performer and a superlative athlete. So 
you know, that's that's where it all comes from. And so you get this loop where you even get people who are inspired by Bruce Lee to go on and become athletes. And, and so there's a there's a biography of Bruce Lee by Davis Miller called the, the Tao of Bruce Lee. And he quotes people who, who were boxers who learned how to put power into their punches after seeing Bruce Lee and trying to copy the stuff on screen. So it's it's quite a complicated loop. But we had this interesting discussion yesterday in the mm-hmm. movies when uh, we saw Enter the Dragon and there were lots of laughs in the audience, yeah. you know, it was like, ah, when Bruce Lee was doing this and that. And there was a guy in the audience who said, why do you do that? This is not, you know, to laugh. It's not a comedy. It's serious because you mentioned power, you know, and he saw the power and the Kung Fu and, and all the energy that Bruce Lee put into his movements. But the vast majority of the audience took it for some sort of exaggerated, theatrical, mm. you know, I don't know, opera kind of acrobatics. So I wonder how, how the, you know, the reception can be so different depending on who sees Bruce Lee mm. doing things. Yeah, 100%. I mean, in, so story has this. So did you laugh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me too. Me too. What did you laugh at? Uh, even facial expressions sometimes. Yeah, and just also to some comic situations where, like the one lady mentioned, the appearance of the grandmaster of the island, uh, yeah. Kong Han, I think, Han, yeah. Yeah. Right there, where everything just froze and. Yeah. yeah, he was the sumo wrestlers in the sumo wrestlers right? froze instantly. Yeah, and then only apples were flying, you know. Yeah. And those situations, uh, I love that, but those are not comedy situations. I just can't think of one right now. But there are there are some examples where I've laughed technically, and just because of those facial expressions, also the sound sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. like some some of some men described it as a dying little kitten. But, you know, it sounds he or somebody made at some point. And yeah, I found it, I found the comic and the kind of sense of comedy in there because I think it is over exaggerated. Or what do you guys think practicing martial arts? Would you ever do such sounds? I know, I think that's cinematic. And I think that it quickly became a cinematic cliche. So when you, when, when mm. Bruce Lee was first seen and he was doing this really eccentric mm-hmm. stuff, it's, like, what the hell is that? But it was amazing. But now it's a cliche. You're like, you know, you walk mm. past children's playgrounds and there's, mm-hmm. there'll be two children. One will be doing Bruce Lee noises. They don't know why they're doing that, but but they are. And it immediately became cliche comedy, like, you know, mm-hmm. and it became parody. Yeah. Been, and so we'll see for the first yeah. time something that came out in 1973. Yeah. So what was then new and like, wow, is it's like when, you know, you see... Like special effects over the ages, we look back now and go, at the animation in like yeah. Clash of the Titans or something uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. At the time, it blew people's minds. And then now we're going to Clash of the Titans and skeletons coming up to, yeah. you know, and it looks ridiculous to us. And uh, like the sound of flesh in flesh, and it looks yeah. like a someone slapping something. Yeah, like Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also Bolo Young, the muscle guy from the movie, you know, he, he entered like uh, the stage and he was like, his facial expressions. I mean, a lot of people in the audience, they had to laugh immediately. And then he was juggling his breast muscles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. geez, why? You know, is this comedy or is this serious now? And also when uh, when he fought, I think, Ropa, there was, there were like uh, wrestling on the ground, basically. And then the facial expressions, uh, like, you know, it, it felt like 
and it was in slow motion, I think, mm-hmm. even, which made it more hilarious to watch. Yeah, we had a big discussion going on, and I we couldn't make out if it was related to age or you know mm. how often you've seen the movie, how often you've seen Bruce Plantation uh, content, you know. Oh, they have a question. Um, I read once that the contemporary audience laughed when the three fighters chose the women. So the black guy, I need three or four women. Okay, mm-hmm. he's the black guy. The white guy, he chooses one woman. He's pretty loyal. And who's the character? No, I don't need a woman. So the Hong Kong audience laughed, especially at this moment, that he did not choose a woman because he's supposed to is this a myth or is it? Well, the only thing that I know about the reception on of that film is that so in his previous films, he was, he was very popular in in Hong Kong, but in Enter the Dragon, the reception was one of anger because he plays so Hong Kong being Crown Colony and Great Britain, and then Mister Braithwaite comes and asks and recruits Bruce Lee to like what you know, Her Majesty's Secret Service, mm-hmm. to go off and be a spy. And to, and they were outraged because basically Bruce Lee sold out to the British colonial police and, and they didn't like... And I heard... Yeah, this is report that they, arc, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so whereas the earlier films where it always plays a kind of Chinese hero, in this he's playing a kind of a, an agent for the British and it, mm. it, it was not received well. Mm. Uh, and I heard, I read somewhere that they would slash the seats in the cinema oh, really? knives because to, to demonstrate their disapproval of the film. I do not I don't know about the laughing. Yeah, I, I guess they probably maybe maybe they knew a bit about Bruce Lee's reputation mm. as a bit of a womanizer and I knew mm-hmm. Bruce Lee going on I just I just have this one girl who's a spark. Um <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah. All right, I, I I got the feeling that we slowly moving away oh. from from kicks. What? <laughs> um, in a way, not at all. Yeah, are... but but maybe let's 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 move back to the topic, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least a bit. Yeah, <laughs> but what I would like to discuss also is the way Bruce Lee revolutionized kicking in martial arts movies. Like what were the kicks also in Hong Kong movies or in, in, in Eastern martial arts movies, what were the kicks before him and what were the kicks after him? Can anybody contribute to that? Well, I think that if you, if you look at a film like Fist of Fury, mm. which in America was the Chinese connection, wasn't it? And you know, there's the scenes, the trailing scenes in the Chinese school, the Jingu school, and, and the guys watching the morning nodding. And yeah. that kind of choreography that's happening there, that kind of the training sequence where there's straight legs and, and stand, yeah. kind of technically good kicks because you're really grounded and there's straight kicks going out and this and that. And then Bruce Lee comes into that. And it's not that it's not deconstructed, but it's retooled. So it's less of the straight lines of, of the kick and more of the explosive yeah. spiral, I guess. That would be the difference between a straight angular shape of a kick and which ends slap. There's yeah. it's almost like clack. There's the kick. Whereas with Bruce Lee, it goes smash. The, you know, like like his uppercut thing that he would do, mm. spinning off like a. And so there's all that extra energy in the immediate wake of Bruce, Bruce Lee in terms of Hong Kong. I don't know you know more about this than me. I mean, mm, I think the the what you said also reminds me of the rhythm of the fight choreography, and I think that in the earlier Shaw Brothers movies. 
they were mainly, you know, made in the studio. And the fights were more of a going back and going forth, going left and going right. But Bruce Lee's rhythm is entirely different. And then someone is like done, you know, dealt with. It's 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 not a kind of whole a wholesome kind of dance, you know, some kind of rhythm or music. It, it's very fast. And then it's over. Mm. So I think his kicking in this respect is quite different. And and for me, it, it moves away from the kind of opera idea of Chinese Cantonese opera, yeah. wh- where there's a staged fight with a certain rhythm that goes yeah. on and on and on. Bruce Lee is just, you know, who? Also, what what you mentioned, this goes in, in a similar direction. I think the the kick with the with the uh, the, the straighted knee. Or how do you say this? Mm. Yeah, right. So so rising front, rising yeah. side, rising backwards, right? And Bruce Lee is it's it's not doing that at all, right? He's there. There is like the the warm up scene, I think, where he does some leg raises, mm. but only for warm. It's not for for fighting, right? All the Kicks he uses for fighting are with the, like the, you, you, you take out the knee, then you straighten the leg and then you take it back. Yeah. Right. But nothing with completely straight legs from beginning. But the sidekick is the one that you can, that you hold for a little while. Mm. So like, boom, it's done and you hold it and then just, but you don't, he doesn't with his, with the same with his roundhouse kick. That'll, that'll be like a tie. It'd go all the way around. Yeah. If it if it missed its target, you would have gone all the way around. Come in with another kick. Yeah. But with the side kick, you can go boom, and then yeah. you can either hold it there yeah. or you can hold it there. And I think that it does. I mean, if we could look at them and analyze them a bit and see what I'm saying, is what, well, that I used to do that. If you land a good side kick, yeah, you might keep your leg up behind yeah. just to make yeah. the point. Yeah. Just to be a little flash. But I mean, can you say that there were no Side kicks and no roundhouse kicks before Bruce Lee in in martial arts cinema. No, I don't think we're saying that. I think I think what I'm saying is it's the way it's the delivery, the technical delivery, uh, physicality of that delivery. So Bruce Lee was, if we're talking about his intervention into into say Hong Kong or, or, or Japanese film, probably initially didn't make that much difference at all. I think that's the consensus. It's like, wow, Bruce Lee film. Anyway, mm-hmm. I wouldn't crack on with what we're doing because Bruce Lee was more steeped in the Hollywood tradition as well. And and his influences included like, you know, the style of Sergio Leone and things like this. Mm. So he would use a lot of the, of the camera angles and the ins and the outs and the yeah. eyes, and this kind of thing. And I think that his immediate effect was in Hollywood and he massively raised the bar of fight choreography there. And then when Bruce Lee had gone, they, they were like, well, we looked around and they were like, well, what have we got? And they went to Dan Inosanto and they went, to, and that's when he started to get Jeff Imada and all of these other fight choreographers coming through who, who were, you know, the apple didn't fall that far from the tree. Mm. Some of these amazing fight choreographers who've gone through Dan Inosanto Academy, among other academies. I think that in Hollywood, they looked around for something that could be as good as Bruce Lee for quite some time. And there was Bruce exploitation, obviously, in all different strikes. Right. Yeah, and David Carradine tried to be a martial artist, and it's just there's some such embarrassing films made mm. by him, hyper orientalist films. But and you said the grittiness was new. It was it really? Uh, you said it like on physical, and especially when you see doing the kick, which you showed us in the presentation, which is I think not from Edward the Dragon, but also to the same black belt. So. When the back of the coach is mm. slaps the second game. So it's so forceful that 
Bruce Lee himself has to step back. Yeah. And you see that the weight difference between the two is huge. Yeah. So the black belt is around 100 kilograms. And he ends up Bruce Lee is around 60 or so. Mm. So you see the force behind that. And you see it only works so fast that it only connects because the black belt is important for half a second. And then this is a perfect distance to kick in. Yeah. And the, this is great. This yeah, and I guess and that, that little that, that little fall backwards as well, that little correction like yeah, the gymnasts did landed. Because the sidekick is one that can go very wrong. If your foot isn't planted and your weight isn't right, if you kick this, if you hit a sidekick on someone who's heavier than you and they're not moving, like they're grounded, but if you're not grounded probably you're gonna go back yeah. backwards and that's very embarrassing. Yeah. And I've been filmed doing that and it was put online <laughs> and it's where is it? You haven't seen it yet. It's a long time ago, right? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's still out there. But yeah, so, I, um, so I'm sparring with a guy who's, who's heavier than me, <laughs> and I stepped in for a sidekick, but it was still wrong, and I hit him and just bounced off, and I go off screen. But, but, but this, this, this leads me to another question that I thought about uh, yesterday, also during Into the Dragon. We're, we're talking about reality and that Bruce Lee's you know, fights felt more real. So what is what is meant with real? Because in any case, this island of Dr. Han, or not Dr. Han, the <laughs> supervillain Han, right? It's totally artificial. There it, it's not real. What so what what is the reality of his kicking of his, you know, on stage? Because you can, in, in martial arts movies mm. you it's relatively easy to fake an impact of huh. A strike. So Marchand only has to, oh my God, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you see the court and Bruce Lee movies too. But kicking, when the kick really makes contact, and especially in the Bruce Lee movies like Into the Dragon, um, and especially in the long shot, his long kick, and you see the flex oh, against the heart. The heart fight, yeah. That you really makes contact with a really powerful kick, and this is not your yeah, actor or so. This is real. This is a real kick. So it. Mm kicks him into the chairs and you see an audience. Yeah, everyone was laughing at this point when the chairs were like tumbling, right? And everyone was, ha, 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 ha. And so this was also one of the moments where the guy in the audience said, why do you laugh? But it's not, it's not so, it's not so strange to laugh because that looks like that was accidental. Yeah. So there's a book by a guy called the TM Kato or MT Kato, I can't remember. Mm. It's called From Kung Fu to Hip Hop. Oh. And he, the argument in that book is that some of the argument is a bit phrased quite preposterously, like that's a moment of the eruption of the real, because that's actually the real power of Bruce Lee. Uh, he wasn't meant to kick him that hard, and it's like, okay, well, maybe not. It looks good anyway. But you can laugh, because it does look a little bit like it, it should have been on the outtakes. Mm. Because, yeah. yeah. But it was so good, they left it in. Yeah. yeah. And it's, a, I mean, comedy as well. It's a comedy as well. There were some of those scenes, right? For example, when this one guard, when, when he's walking around swinging the nunchuck <laughs> and he yeah, accidentally hits yeah. this uh, incense burning. Lion thing. statue or something. Yeah, yeah. lion statue, right? I think that's meant yeah. to be, that, that's meant to be a joke thing, demonstrate his incompetence. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't and there's also the scene in Enter the Dragon, which is also a very interesting camera angle, when you see the bad guy in front and he and Bruce Lee kicks him out of the, the image. Yeah. So yeah. And there you see the power. And of course, uh, like 
spaghetti western sounds or mm. yeah, yeah. bands. Okay, this is pretty strong. This yeah. is pretty strong. I, I remember a lot of guys in the audience also had a good laugh when they heard the bone breaking or the neck breaking, you know, because it, it sounds like Mm. And they were like, ha, ha, ha. And then there was Polo. He was like squeezing the one a guy in his mm. arms. And mm. then he was like, dead. You heard the bone breaking? And, yeah. and he fell off Polo, basically. And so I think they, this was, <laughs> and, and in the, in the cinema, and this is why I think it's so important to, to screen Bruce Lee's movies in a cinema because it's a big screen and it's good sound. And it's very different to see it in cinema, in a theater, a movie theater. And there's a new dynamic in the movie theater. One person laughs, other, you know, yeah. 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 Other people start laughing too because I watched the movie at home on Blu-ray like two days ago, yeah. and it, there was no laughs at home. You know, <laughs> I was just looking at the screen of my laptop. I said, "Oh, yeah," and taking notes. You know, so the dynamic of seeing this in a real movie theater. I think the degree of realness with yeah. the contemporary audience experience mm. that Enter the Dragon is like what we had when we saw On Buck for the first time. So On mm. Buck was also very, very real. And you, you could see, that, okay, the uh, are really connecting with their mm. strikes and kicks and so on. So Mr. Sweetness. And it must be pretty shocking about that see, time. I went, mm. I made a mistake with On Buck. And I'd heard about it and I watched it. I think I got the DVD or something. Mm. And I thought it was like waifu. <laughs> I just watched that going, this is just and then sometime later I heard that there was none of that and it was totally it was no CGI of any kind there was no wires there was no I was like what? <laughs> and if I had known if someone had said this is all legit there's no wires involved in this I, it would probably have blown my mind but it kind of Mm. I misinterpreted the choreography yeah. because I, <laughs> I was like yeah I've seen it before you watch the making of it's more interesting yeah than that. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, but what would you say? Is there a need that we um, that we need training to interpret the realness of those movies? So, do we need guidelines to 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 help us understand that this is real, or is this something that comes natural? Because some people laugh, some some not. So, um, how was it in the movies? Did you understand the realness? I guess you haven't seen Enter the Dragon before. Yeah. What. Do we need kind of movie education for my last movie? I think it was really helpful that you guys introduced the movie and like all the facts a little bit context mm. before screening it. Not just for me, but I feel like for the whole audience, because like you said, we were watching it from a different angle. We were not sitting at home taking notes, mm. but we were there and uh, enjoying the art, enjoying the martial art, enjoying Bruce Lee and at his best. Yeah, so I think that helped a lot and maybe, like you just mentioned, your example with Wiring and the other mm -hmm. movie, yeah? It helps you to enjoy those movies, those old movies a lot more as if we are used to a lot of CGI. Right now, we there are always some wires involved, maybe just for insurance reasons mm -hmm. or whatever, yeah? So I think, yeah, it helps with the older movies and maybe also with modern ones where they don't use CGI mm -hmm. or wires because i also know that i listened to a podcast that is about cinema a little bit and they sometimes review a movie and then i go and watch it because they did a really good review and i liked what they said and then watch differently i enjoy more because they highlight a little angle maybe or an aspect or whatever but they just personally for me i don't know then you can see also the problem of modern martial arts movies because the martial arts itself has changed 
to to um, to show the audience how the techniques work. So we're talking about like VJD techniques, MOA techniques, where you have to more knowledge to understand what is going on in the screen, and it's more difficult to to show to the amateur audience what is happening right there. So one of the first movies I think which did a very good was Warrior with with Hardy. But to to translate it to the audience seems to be pretty hard. Yeah, I think there's a, a challenge in... I think that filmmakers are obviously always, especially action filmmakers, they want the next thing that has to look different and better than what went before. Mm. So they'll incorporate different styles of light and choreography in it and make, make up stuff. And, and I think that they struggled for a long time to convey... The, the dynamism and exciting, affected kind of charge of grappling and ground fighting. I remember I, I accidentally watched The Expendables. <laughs> I had the misfortune of, and I was like, God, this is the worst put my baby scene. <laughs> but I remember they just, in the fight scenes there, which went on for hours, they were a bit like the fight kind of, it's just back and forth and there. And, and they were just like, there'd be someone to, just for no reason, a double leg takedown, and then someone do an arm bar, mm-hmm. and someone do a guillotine, and it'd just be like, and then some guns. And it was, they were trying to kind of show the stuff that's been really popular in the UFC mm-hmm. without actually showing a wrestling around on the ground fight. And it is, it, I think they're learning how to make grappling and ground fighting look good. There's a lot more films with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in. Yeah, I have a very actually question for you then. How did you like John Wick? And yeah, good question. And the and action. I like, have you watched it? I like the first John Wick. Mm-hmm. And I, li- I was like, oh, judo again. Uh-huh. Return to judo. I, okay, yes, I like yeah. that. I really like the judo. And then I, I watched the second John Wick and I was like, okay. And I think I got about half his And there's one where he, which is the one where he finds some nunchakus and uses them. Is that three or four? I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's, it, it's a, I, there's something about it. I need to have, I need to think about what it is about John Wick that just goes over for me. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous, like yeah. it always was ridiculous. It always was, right? It's hyper real. It's it's off the top of the. But there was something. There's some. It, for me, it has to be. It's about the fight choreography, and I have to invest in that. So, like some some types of fight choreography, they're just preposterous. Whereas. And they've got any CGI in them and stuff. And like at the one end, you've got like Marvel fight scenes, which yeah, to yeah. me are just, I don't know what a blast of energy feels like. Yeah. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then at the other end, you've got something like the Ray, with, which has got like rusty machetes <laughs> and, and light bulbs and stuff like that. And now I'm more at that end of the scale where they're showcasing Indonesian martial arts, Penjak Silat, and they're doing it in a really gritty horrible mm-hmm. way but there's also it's also get that gets a bit too much when they have that fight in the in the drug on the drug lab level and it just goes on and on and on it's like they've taken the drug themselves <laughs> um, they're like come on more wind and say but yeah john wick there's, I, I love the judo and i do like the way they've incorporated brazilian jiu-jitsu into it I like that a lot but the film is I mean, almost unconscious <laughs> the first one the dog the wife the dog is good <laughs> something good to come up this is one of the later questions so maybe the future of martial arts movies mm-hmm. and we got in Germany 
Yeah, for the Dolby movies, you you need many many actors and many many stunt choreographs and fighters and fighterinos and also, but these are from different countries and some of them are from Germany and they're coming back and doing martial arts movies. So in this way, Dolby spreads into a lot of nations which do their own martial arts movies again. So this is kind of rise of the German martial arts movie for sure in the last three or four years. So there are several movies coming out of this. Maybe this is yeah. one of the future indications of Joe The Netflix just uploaded like 16 minutes. Yes. Six months is one of them. Yeah. What is that? I haven't watched it. I just, I've just listened to a review on the podcast. I told you about like the cinematic oh. podcast and it's, it's a boxer, I believe, or a martial MMA fight or something. And they just fight takes the minutes to, to rescue his daughter. So oh, he has to, yeah. he to fight something. And he just fights himself through Berlin. For some okay. reason, to get to his door sounds watchable. Sounds watchable, <laughs> yeah. The, co- the choreography is supposed to be really good, but don't focus too much on the plot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the, this was the same question yesterday. Forget about the plot, really. <laughs> <laughs> focus on other stuff. But hmm. like, I think it's the mm-hmm. only German martial arts movie action book, like, which comes to my mind. That you there was a like maybe 10 or even more years ago, maybe 15 years ago, there was this one German actor and he, the, there was also a TV series where he played something like a warrior monk or something. Do you remember? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a blonde guy with beard. He was like warrior monk. Blonde. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody wasn't like Shaolin monks or something, but like, European or German monks or something like, like that. Like that. Yeah, Christian monks and they were like warrior monks. Christian. I remember. I had to answer. Yeah, it's my movie. The Fist of God. Fist of God, yeah. Yasso. Left foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's an interesting observation that doesn't seem to be this martial arts movie tradition at all in Germany. And and it seems what you said, there's some new opportunities coming up. And I recently talked to a friend of mine, he's a director, he did a documentary about his family, he's Chinese, Vietnamese and German, Mm. and he's now planning his next movie, it's going to be a Kung Fu movie in Berlin. Really? It's strange because... Mm. You know, as some of the research mm. that that German mm. researchers like Sven and, and Mario and, and you have looked into, it's like the and, and Ben Judkins and people like this, the, the massive popularity of things like Wing Chun, yeah, in and and like Shaolin, like the, the Shaolin Temple Europe, like was one, was one of the first ones outside of China was in Germany, yeah, yeah, and like the uptake of martial arts like Wing Chun is massive in Germany. Yeah, it's other European movies, and yet there's no. It, does it find its way onto the screen, Jim? Like that, Wing that Wing Chun tradition, probably. Oh, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Not at all. No. But also karate or judo doesn't mm-hmm. really find itself represented in German cinema. But we have mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of clubs and really active. Yes, yeah, true. It's really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's also because in Germany there is this. Sports club culture that is that that you don't have in 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 other countries mm-hmm. in, in a, to a to a similar scale, 
maybe this also helped help the, the, the spreading of martial arts in Germany. I don't know. I mean, on the other hand, there's loads of series about policemen, like crime yeah. series and series about doctors, like for 30, 40 years. This is what we see on German TV. Yeah. Like every Sunday, it's Tatort. You know, everyone knows Tatort. Everyone knows Schwarzwald Clinic. Right. Well, but that is, you see the oh, yeah. and the yeah. movies about that. Yeah. And this is in, in contrast to the other great motion of martial arts movies, mm -hmm. like almost a great scene because of the MCU. Mm -hmm. We oh, yeah. see in every, every movie bad acted martial arts. Mm -hmm. So I think there is on the, on the mainstream level, uh, over situation. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is. Comparable to the time before on the back came. So, Mark and End of the Dragon came at times when people had enough of over-articulization. So, we need the greatest stuff, the real stuff. Maybe because time comes back. What do you think? I also think that the only reason why John Wick was so successful and there's a fourth movie right now because you didn't watch it for the plot. Like, at least I did not watch John Wick for the plot. But from the yeah, martial arts displayed there for the creativity yeah for all the factors they took into because for me personally it was the first time that i actually saw what what, what is in my opinion a really complete display of a lot of different styles one which is mm. i don't know like Bruce Lee did obviously which was a pioneer thing to do at this time mm. but right now mm -hmm. And what, what comes to my mind when we asked about will the real be back on German TV screens or movie screens is that like Kung Fu, as I saw it in many of Bruce Lee's films as well, it's related to class struggle. Right? And I, I wonder, because what you said today is, well, nowadays, the kind of Qigong and Tai Chi, it's for self-improvement, it's for being, you know, better at your workplace mm. and stuff like that and purifying yourself. But a class struggle, like, you know, in the big wars or even a colonial, anti-colonial struggle, this is not about self-improvement or purification. So there's entirely different moments in history and what we what we what we see in martial arts. So I wonder how would a German uh, kung fu movie look like today? Is it about you know migrants? Is it about lower class people fighting? For justice, like mm. what? <laughs> like in Fury, right? So like like in Fury, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but political martial arts movies is not a new development. So yeah, yeah. All the time, like uh, the Buxia movies, mm. Hero, Tiger and Dragon, and uh, these were all political movies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then the Bruce, Bruce Lee's kind of Chinese ethno-nationalism mm -hmm. is political. Yeah. And even even in the film like Way of the Dragon, when he's gone, he goes to Rome yeah. you know, to rescue the, the 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 Chinese restaurant from the mafia, which is hilarious. <laughs> and, and it's a delight to watch. He's still very nationalistic in his, you know, mm. talk about it. And every day I practice kung fu. Yeah. And uh, it's you're very popular today. I'm popular, the cuckoo. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's quite quite fitting that we move in this direction because. The next topic I would like to to move towards to is Lucian ideology, and because aesthetics always have something to do with ideology, our representation of ideology probably sometimes. <laughs>